What's up, guys? My name's Adam Gusky, and you're listening to the Mad Awareness Podcast. Today, we're joined by Anthony Ashnall, who was a four-time state champ in the state of New Jersey, undefeated four-time state champ, and a national champ for Rutgers. Today, we get into um, a couple different things. Something that really stuck out that I think will be really cool for people to hear is about his transition from high school to college. I mean, he was a four-time state champ, as I just said, and the transition to college sounds like it was a little bit rough and I think this part of the podcast is relatable for almost anyone that's wrestled in college. So it's cool to hear that someone at such a high level, four-time state champ out of high school, experienced this. We also get into the mob and media he's been doing on Rockfin lately, uh, his plans for that, and a couple other questions at the end. By the way, guys, if you're looking for some good wrestling gear for uh, your team or just for you as an individual, check out Constant Pressure. Um, Their website is cp.clothing but my man Cam Sikora works for him. So get in touch with him if you're interested in getting some dope wrestling gear, he'll hook you up. They sponsor guys like Seth Gross and Kyvin Gadsden. So check them out at cp.clothing. Otherwise you can hit up Cam, I'm sure he'd love to help you out. With that being said, before the show starts, please make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, whatever you're hearing this on or watching this on. But that's all I got for you, so let's get it rolling. All right, my man, Anthony Ashnall, how are we doing today? Doing well, man. I'm doing very well. I'm excited. Uh, got some good things going on in my life. Some some really good momentum on uh, different things. Um, I'm sure we'll get into them, but yeah, man, it's been a good Monday for me. Started my Monday off, my week off right. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good talking to a national champ, so it's a good day. Yeah. But uh, why don't we just start by getting into what you've been into lately? Yeah, man. Um, just like we're doing here with this podcast and uh, your platform with this, the Matt Awareness, and you know, we're talking a little bit off air. You're doing different things, like uh, like with the meme page, kind of how you started. And uh, for me, my passions competing as an athlete in wrestling, as well as giving back and coaching in wrestling. And that's really what all these things I'm doing right now is stemming from. And what is what are we talking about? Recent the recent things is. I started a mob and media page on Rockfin and as well as on different social media platforms, kind of branding mob and media to try to start incorporating more of the things I'm doing on a daily basis and just putting them out there. Um, It's really not going to be that much more than I already do. Like these are the things I've already been doing for two years since I graduated, but it's more just tying them into having a place where I could put that content out there and also just being able to influence like the numbers not even you can't even estimate like it's the internet you know it it could be unlimited how many people we could influence in the wrestling world and um that that's really special to me and um at the same time uh i'm getting a little older in the sport of wrestling and my main goal is to be an olympic champ and being a world champion and um to do that i feel i need to really um like cut out some of the things that maybe distract uh, a lot of my focus towards that and this mob be a meeting page as much as it is, it really, it really um, gives me direction and focus to what I want to do uh, as a wrestler, as a coach. And it really just makes me better in every aspect. Although it, it does take up some of my time, some of the time that was free. Um, I'm not a senior, I'm not a NCAA coach yet. Um, I don't even run my own wrestling club. I'm, I'm able to just kind of 
pick when I want to do it and how often I want to do it. And with that is a lot of free time. So this is something I'm super passionate about that's filling that time up and it's getting me better in every area, whether it's wrestling, coaching, being a person in general. And I'm getting to make a ton of connections like yourself. Uh, I talked to Zach this morning um, on the stalemate show and Good um, stuff there too. Yeah. And, and you know, like it's, it's led to things like just connecting with different coach youth coaches across the country and, whether they're telling me our rankings are wrong or whatever it may be, <laughs> whatever it may be that they want to talk about, it usually res- like slowly turns into, Hey, well, this is what we're doing with the page. I see your son's pretty good. Maybe he'd want to come out to this camp we got going on. And it's like, boom, you turn that negative into a positive real quick. And that's really the reason why we're doing those rankings in the first place to, to get those best guys reaching out and uh, trying to be a part of what we're doing. I like it. Either way, like whether they love them or hate them, it gets people talking. So I'm totally yeah, on board that's with I, you. That's what I say as well. You know, either way, it gets people talking. But uh, as an athlete still in the game, you know, I like to keep the negative at a low if I could. But I, I have a, <laughs> I have a dark, I have like kind of a dark persona with the mom and thing are with the mob and thing already. You know, you're always going to get haters when when you uh when you play that line. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure like what you were like as a person based off of like the g feller like bang 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 and right, the right. or whatever but i heard the i was i like um bash mania and i heard you on there i think and that was when i started to like understand who you were and what you're about and it's like oh I, I respect this guy hard worker and you know solid on the mat i appreciate that man and you know like i was i've said it a lot of times before but like the things that happen on the mat whether it's gunslinging or holding up 10 it's like <laughs> those are things just coming through being passionate about what i do and you know it's it's not like i hate g feller i hate kolodzik and kolodzik is a great wrestler great person he's gonna do some great things whether it's in wrestling or life like we'll talk at practice and things it's not like that at all but it's it's uh it's just my passion for the sport and i just let that shine and you know i just i, I just let the let the paintbrush do its work I was gonna ask, like, do you um, kind of have like a relationship with Kolodzik because the Princeton um, Rutgers thing going on? Yeah, definitely. Like, like I was training for that flow wrestling match. I had an injury. I had to back out. But like, I would go into the different clubs we were training at during COVID, and you know, me and Kolodzik are hitting it off about like different things that are going on in our life, uh, different injuries we're dealing with. Like, hey, what'd you do for this? What what did I do for this? Just like probably you reach out to um, to our dude, Zach, and you guys go back and forth about different things maybe going on on your shows and suggestions. Like, as a top-tier athlete, the older I get, the more I realize, like, you know, like, I need to expand my roots. Like, it, it's, like, it's, it's okay to to, re, to learn even from guys in your own weight class. Like, you, you could learn from everyone. You could learn from guys above you, below you. You could learn from the youth wrestlers I'm coaching even. And nothing for nothing, they're probably hitting their technique cleaner than I could hit it when they're getting taught it. Um, these guys are these little kids are really good. And with when it comes to Kolodzik, I know that I gear up when I have to wrestle him like he's um, a national champ contender kind of opponent. And you know, I really respect that. I could learn from someone like that any day. Yeah, I like him because he seems like a really nice guy. And then I heard that heard somewhere that like he likes to listen to EDM when he wrestles. And I just <laughs> I thought that was. That was not like the route I thought it was going. I was like, oh, that's cool. I yeah. respect that. So. Yeah, actually, me and my girlfriend, when we like first started dating, Rutgers and Princeton are kind of close. And Princeton's a beautiful town. So 
I was like, let's go to Princeton, like on a little date for the day. And like, I was a sophomore in college. So like, it's young, right when me and Kalazic are starting to, our first our rivalry and me and my girlfriend are walking around camp around walking around campus and we like we go in this beautiful old building because Princeton's got a bunch of beautiful buildings and first person we see on campus sitting alone Matthew Kolodzik and I'm just like like we just talk like we're buddies we're like um I was really nervous honestly because I was younger I was probably 19 but uh it was like awesome because that was the start of like yeah we're gonna be competitors on the mat but he's a good person and we had a 10-15 minute conversation he was taking a gray shirt year they were calling it so he was taking classes in county school at the time and he was just giving me a little bit about what he was doing in life I was giving him a little bit about what I was doing and who I was with uh, my girlfriend Valerie and it was just two normal people that were having like that had this passion about wrestling just hitting it off and um, I don't think we ever would have thought that we would have wrestled in the semifinals at nationals and in these crazy matches throughout our career but it's special about the sport of wrestling, man. It creates really good human beings. And um, it's more than just wrestling. It's not just the competitors you see on the mat. So you mentioned training with him. And I'm curious, like, who have you been training with the most? Or are you still kind of like rehabbing from the injury? Yeah, I had um, I had a back injury that I that's why I had to pull out of that flow wrestling match and back in July. And, you know, I was just kind of training through it. And I ended up getting a procedure right when I backed out of that match done to it. Um, and it's supposed to be a shorter recovery. So um, I'm about at the point where I'm about to start the transition into working back into wrestling and drilling. Um, I go to my doctor this Friday, so I'm excited. I feel really good. Um, it's about go time in my mind about like go time to start getting prepared again. And the main goal for me is April Olympic trials, really. That's really the main focus, but I had some re- have some really good opportunities before that that I'm hoping I'll be ready to go compete. So it's kind of like a test try for that Olympic trials, and um, there's some really special events in the progress right now. Um, we've seen a lot of them with Flow, with Fight TV, with UFC Fight Pass in the cage, and with now Rockfin. Um, but just just very similar one to the 195 bracket. I think there's going to be a special one around guys my weight and I'm looking to I'm looking to get my hand in that. Okay, I like it, the teaser. I'm yeah. that, I'm excited for more of those kinds of brackets and to see how that one plays yeah. out. That's going to be sick. My ultimate goal would be to like be able to get that on my own page on Rockfin and get like Tyler Berger to come wrestle me on Mob and Media live. Like that would be sick. And then like have <laughs> like, have like youth kids five like stud youth matches before the lead up. Like that would be awesome. But I'll have to settle on going to other people's promotions for now. Dude, <laughs> you and Tyler Berger should just live stream that match. I'm sure he'd be down. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Like like even having the youth kids there at a clinic and even if Tyler comes and teaches and then having this special event, like it's never it's not something like that's never been done before really. And um it's nothing like groundbreaking, but it would just be cool and show the kids like, yeah. We want to be the best. We want to compete against events. Was like winning and losing isn't everything. Like, look, me and Berger are here teaching kids at the same clinic, and we're gonna go compete at the highest level, and we're gonna to want to kick each other's butt in the moment when we're wrestling each other in that match. But like when it's before and when it's done and when it's shake hands, whoever wins wins. It's, we're gonna move on. Maybe we're gonna to want to get that guy back, whoever loses. But it is what it is. Yeah, we're there to get better. Dude, I was thinking about that because. So, like, with the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club card, it was pretty much just, like, bare-bones wrestling, not really any production, but, you know, 
wrestling fans like it. Like, they don't care that much. And, dude, if you could literally just call up, you know, one guy for you to wrestle, for other guys to just, like, come wherever you train and film it and put on Rockman, I bet, like, there's some money there, you know? Yeah. I'm sure you've been I, thinking I about bet, it, too. I bet there is. I mean, I wish I was, like, prepared to be able to put it online right now, but I'm not. So it's it just – it, it makes sense though also to just build this thing right now slowly and organically. And, you know, we have a lot of great ideas, but you know, we just want to do it the right way and authentically, like we don't want to push anything and we definitely, and I definitely don't want to do anything that's like over my head and I'm not comfortable with, like, I want this, like I said in the beginning to compliment me being an Olympic champion. I don't want it to take away from those goals. So everything is going to be calculated and, you know, it's going to be done the right way. And, uh, I, I have some help along the way, so that's good as well. I'm not trying to do it all myself, but it's been fun. I've been really excited every day to tell more people about it, to explain what we're doing. And I feel like that's a big part because there's times it sounds funny. I'm at the highest level of the sport, and it's it should be the most fun to be at the highest level, being a senior-level athlete, having the chance to be an Olympian. But with that career that I have right now, it's like a lot of downtime, you know? Like, you're just – going to practice maybe for two hours a day and you got the rest of your calendar to fill up. So what are you doing with that time? Are you making yourself better or are you just kind of sitting around all day? And, you know, for me, it was been, it's been kind of trial and error since graduating, since winning that NCAA title, just what's going to make me the most happiest. What's going to make me the best wrestler, best person. Um, and just keep, keep me on this path on this journey that I, I love that I'm already on. And, um, for me right now, it's not to jump into college coaching. That is what I want to do one day, but it's just not what I want to do right this second. Cause even though like there is that a lot of, there is a lot of free time being a senior level athlete, being a college coach is a lot, a lot more demand, a lot more demanding. And there's obligations that you can't really say no to with that. And there's, there's trips that you, you might be taking with your team that you can't say no to. Um, so I'm just not ready for that yet, but that is where I want to go. Maybe even be like, the next head coach of Rutgers one day, that would be awesome. For sure. You mentioned um, just like having a lot of free time being a senior level athlete. Uh, like what are your hobbies outside of wrestling? In the last month, even two months, like it's been this, like this has been like this mob and media page on Rockfin and organizing my thoughts about what I want to do, what I want to post. And, um, you know, it was writing, like I always journaled throughout my athletic career and it was turning some of them journals maybe into real thoughts and articles and ideas. Um, it was also starting to, like I, I always loved coaching youth. That's one of my biggest hobbies I'd say is just giving back to youth wrestling and um, going to different clubs in New Jersey or different like private lessons I was giving kids in their houses or my house that I had mats in. And um, with that, I would... I would film some of their practices or um, just film me drilling in the practices with them. And uh, I got a lot of technique from that. And I, in the moment I was watching it at the time and giving back my feedback to those kids. But now it's starting the last month or two, like I've been going through those videos that are, that are in my archive and just kind of clipping them up and seeing if I can make them uh, just cleaner so I could put them on Rockfin. I could put them on the Instagram from my media. Um, that's really been my biggest hobbies in the last six months is, or in the last two years, really, that's um, a big, big part of my free time was giving back to the youth. Um, a couple different families it started with the Kenny brothers, our, our younger family in the New Jersey wrestling scene, Paulie and Shawnee. And 
Uh, they have a cousin, Eddie Figueroa, Eddie Muscles, we call him. Uh, and those are like, those were like the first kids I started working with. And they're now like in fifth, sixth, fifth or sixth grade. And then Paulie's in seventh grade. And that led me to a whole connection of youth wrestling. And they're the, they're top tier. They're multiple time New Jersey state champs. They win a lot of national tournaments. Um, so it led me to this circle of youth wrestling. And uh, I really invested a lot of my time just getting to know some of these different groups, these different clubs, uh, different coaches along the way. And just trying to give back. Cause really for me, I had so many, so many different coaches, different people that helped me. And it wasn't just one person. It was different clubs. It was different high schools. It was different youth programs. It was different opponents that challenged me. It was, it was a lot of different things. And I remember as a kid going to those kind of clinics and my dad letting me and allowing me and paying for me to go to different uh, high level senior level athletes that were given clinics back in their hometowns or Ken Church out different clinics where he was bringing different guys in. And my dad always gave me those opportunities and not that he forced me ever. I, I was always asking for him. And, you know, for me, as they, as that athlete now, I want to go give these kids the best experience possible. I want to turn maybe the kid that was like about to quit this sport into falling in love with the sport. Um, not that I'm going to make everyone a world champ, but I just want everyone to like come to that, that day or whatever it may be. Maybe I'm coming once a week and, really make a positive impact in that person or that kid's life. And that, that was really my goal of what I wanted to do when I started impact in the youth. And it really like carried on and showed me that I had a lot more passion for it. And like, it's going to be a tough decision. I think when it's time to stop competing and choose whether to go to college coaching or maybe stay with the youth circuit, that's probably going to be a tough decision because I built so much of uh, my network around it and I really enjoy it. So you just dropped a lot on us. And I think there's there's like two things that really stuck out to me. One was, it's pretty cool that like every guy at your level, even like I just wrestled in college, but even for me, like there's gotta be like over 50 coaches that I've had that have like all helped shape me and like, you know, really left an impact. So it's it's cool to see how many people it takes to like grow a wrestler like you. Yeah, it's been a lot of people and of course family as well, even people that aren't in the wrestling world. And uh, one thing one thing we do really want to do with the mob and media is just show like you don't have to be the best wrestler to be the best coach or to impact people's lives. And we want to show that through different ways that we have our kids drilling and um, different techniques that we use. But, you know, you don't always have to be the best coach to go then be the or the best wrestler and with the most accolades, then go be the best coach. And I think it's a big misconception in our sport because you see at the college level, it's all, it's all the best, the most accomplished guys coaching. But uh, in other sports, it's not like that. And, you know, I've been fortunate. I had a great career, but um, I've, I've been touched and the most influenced by maybe coaches that didn't have the best wrestling careers. And it really means a lot to me. I want to carry that on to show the next generation of maybe kids my age, like give back to these youth guys. Like it doesn't matter if your career didn't end up, how you maybe pictured it ending. Like there's more to this life, you know, like you learn from your experiences and you pass those down and you, you maybe help a kid not make that same mistake. Maybe you felt like you made or um, wherever it may be, you know, you impact that next generation and we're, we're creating a better society from that. So that's cool. And that makes me think of like, I think Bill Belichick, he didn't have like a great career, but I mean, obviously he's one of the best coaches ever, but yeah, like you've obviously had a ton of success. So 
how like what made you think about the guys that didn't being great coaches i guess because like for you you're good you know yeah yeah that's a good question and i think uh just some of the coaches that touched me along the line and you know i'm not i don't want to disrespect coaches but like just um like my my dad you know he wrestled two years in college but he wasn't a starter he wasn't um, all American and he's influenced me a whole heck of a lot. Um, he taught me my whole base of my wrestling. I feel like until like I got to sixth, seventh grade, he really let me go and, and kind of, I started learning from other people, but him and my brother were probably the most influential in my, in my wrestling career. My brother was a great wrestler. He took second in high school States. He was the round of 12 in college for Rutgers three time, uh, NCAA division one qualifier but he's not an All-American. He's not a national champ. Um, and he, and I learned more from him probably than I learned from watching Cal Sanderson and John Smith just because it's my brother and, you know, like it's blood and things that he tells me, even though maybe he didn't do or he didn't um, like implement into his own wrestling style, it's, it's things that I trust because, it's, one, it's family. It's my brother. I feel like he wouldn't want to uh, steer me in the wrong direction, but also – because uh, I was with him through his experience. And although he wasn't the, the most successful in every moment, when he lost in the round of 12, like I was crying, I think more than he was crying. Cause like, I just saw the process of all the work he put in. And just because he didn't accomplish maybe that goal of wanting, like he had of being all American, like he acquired all the skills that I acquired through my college experience. And um, sometimes it's just the difference that's mental that a wrestler can't translate those skills. It's not always physical. So you know, I take those experience and I learn from them. And I remember that match, like when my brother lost that round of 12 and, and I was really upset. I was just like, mentally, I made the decision, not wrestling, not physically. It was more mentally. I was like, I'm going to be in that position. I am not losing that match for my family, for Billy. I'm going to finish the legacy off. We're going to get an all American. And then next thing you know, when I'm a freshman in college and my first year in the lineup, I'm wrestling in the round of 12 at the national tournament. And no doubt in my mind, I was thinking about that. And the best thing was my brother was the director of operations for Rutgers at the time. So he's back in the tunnel. So when I win that match, like we really got to have that moment where it's like, yo, we, we did it. We're an all American. Like, um, and it is a, we it's, it's not just me, you know, it was a team effort um, of a bunch of different people like we were talking about, but uh, we did it. And it's a big part of why I came to Rutgers for that. We concept, you know, to bring all of us um, together up to change a culture, to make something special in New Jersey. And that's all part of that as well. That's, that's a really cool story. I'm glad you shared that. But another thing you mentioned was um, like journaling throughout your career. It's first, it's cool that you did that because now you kind of documented like what you were feeling like when you're going through the struggle and the grind of the yeah. season. But was there like, so like, I know some people journal, um, like when they're having a bad day, they want to get all their thoughts on paper. Okay. That's just like me speaking, I guess. But, um, no, no, like, I, I yeah did you yeah. have like a time when you would use like fall back on journaling or what did you use the tool as definitely um as i got later in my career and i started having injuries this this last uh surgical procedure is my fourth one so it's like when i had that first surgery that put me out for a long period of time in wrestling which was in 2017 that was probably like i went from like journaling once in a while about like the bad things and when times were bad um, to like making it consistent and almost not only making the journaling routine, but just starting to implement a bunch of different routines into my life. And um, I think 
one thing was it was the most it was the most free time I had in a long time just being a high level athlete competing competing training training school school and then having an injury where I'm out for nine months I had a lot of time to finally read and think and learn what I wanted to learn outside of the sport of wrestling and and start maybe sit back and be like do I want to compete when I'm done with college do I want to coach do I want to do that do I want to do whatever do I want to go work in New York City do I want to travel the world or um, those were all thoughts that like for the when I first had that first injury where I was out in 2017 for nine months that I I started daily journaling about not only my thoughts but my goals um, how I was going to get there and you know for me it's always the most detailed as possible Um, and it's like I was just starting to go through grad school at the time and my grad program was super special it was called global sports business and with it, they were bringing in a bunch of different professionals. Since we're close to New York City, they'd get people that work in New York City full time, come be like an adjunct professor or come for a guest lecture. And we were learning all these great stories about really successful business people, uh, athletes, um, media companies. And it, like for me, was just spinning all these ideas where I could take mobbing because at, at, at that time, mobbing was just a thing that was natural. Like it was just growing naturally and authentically. And it wasn't something I planned about making a brand. So at this time, I'm starting to journal really consistently. I'm going to grad school here and all these great people come in and talk and give me great ideas about how to organize your life and how to get ahead in life. And um, it really just made me take off with all the ideas I wanted to do within my own wrestling. And with that, it just gave me the confidence. I think what I was missing all my, my college years to become a national champion was that just mental clarity of who I wanted to be as a wrestler, as a person, and like how I wanted to compete and how I was going to go about my business. Everything in college up to that point was kind of trial and error, test this for a couple months a week and see if if it works, if I beat that guy that I lost to last year. And it was constant little adjustments until I finally got to the point where it was like, no, this is how it's going to be. This is how I'm going to wake up. This is what I'm going to do when I wake up. This is what I'm going to do before practice. This is what I'm going to do after practice. This is what I'm going to do for therapy. This is what I'm going to do for lifting. This is what I'm going to do for eating. This is who I'm going to talk to for sports psychology. It wasn't any longer like trying to fit the puzzle pieces together. It felt like the puzzle finally came together after those, after I started going through some major injuries, which is funny because, you know, like you're taken out of the sport and sometimes it takes maybe, maybe a punch to the face or getting knocked down to, to realize like what you want or what, what you want to do. So, Okay, I want to try and see if I can like kind of recap what you said. So like, sorry, sorry, bro. No, no, no. I there's just a lot of knowledge being <laughs> dropped right now. I don't want people to miss it. But so you were just kind of like go, 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 and you know you were like changing things a little bit every now and then, but you were still go, 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 and then you kind of got injured and you had time to like reevaluate what you were doing and where you wanted to go with it. Like, yeah. Is that it? That is it, and I could break it down hopefully simpler here. The reason I went to Rutgers is I wanted to change the culture. I wanted to be a national champion for Rutgers. That that way, more people would want to come to Rutgers and more high school recruits would want to stay home in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, come and make Rutgers great in a top five, top 10 school forever, a national championship team forever. And during that process, it was like when I got to school, it was like, all right, it's time to work. Maybe we didn't have the best facilities, the best coaches on paper or the best workout partners on paper. But um, for me, it was about covering that up with hard work and just putting the time and putting my head down and like knowing that I just was going to outwork whoever was across in, in my weight class in, around the country. And 
I was willing to do whatever it took to make sure I got there. Um, so that was part of like the go, go mentality. Like, let's do this thing at Rutgers. Like we need to build this. We need to build this, like no stop, no, no retreat, no surrender kind of thing. And yeah. And then I was going through that and trying to, you know, college isn't an easy transition in wrestling. I was a four time undefeated state champ. When I got into the room, I was losing to probably 25 out of 30 guys in the room. Like I wasn't getting a takedown. So it's like, it was a transition in that manner too. And when it's go, 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 go mentality and you get over those little humps by just making like little adjustments by trial and error. Like I never really like had the time to just, to just be like how I'm, how I'm going to go about everything. It was just always natural to me. And I think it, it was natural to me because like when in my home life at home in high school, I got home from practice, dinner was set on the table. I wake up in the morning, dinner was set for school. Like if I wanted to go to a wrestling club, my parents were paying for it. If I wanted to go to a tournament, my parents were paying for it. If I wanted some type of protein, my parents were paying for it. Like all these things were like kind of micromanaged for me. And I never really had to do it on my own. So then I got put in college and I'm in this go, go, go mentality. And I didn't really realize that I had everyone else micromanaging everything else besides the hard work. Like I was always putting in the hard work, but everything else was kind of taken care of for me. For me. And it took maybe three to four years to figure out how to micromanage myself without my family. That's yeah, that's an underrated point of just like going to school and doing anything in general. There's a lot of yeah. things that you don't realize that like, for me, it was my mom was doing all this shit. And, you know, she's not there anymore. So like, you got to learn how to do the dishes and stuff. But right, right. Yeah. But uh, all right. Well, I, I do want to touch one more time or one once on uh, your transition from high school to college. Cause it sounds like it was pretty tough for you, but you still had a ton of success. Yeah. So I was a four time undefeated state champ in high school. I was top 10 pound for pound, like in my recruiting class. And I That's picked, crazy. I picked Rutgers over Oklahoma state, Michigan, Penn state and Oklahoma U. Those were my five visits. And the reason I did, like I said, like I wanted to create something special and I'm not the first person that did that. There was guys before me, uh, my brother's class, like Scotty Winston, Trevor Meldy, bunch of, Mariel Mason, a lot of really good wrestlers started the tr the trend before me. Um, but I looked at it as an opportunity to make it even greater and turn it into like a top five team forever. And that's what I wanted to do. And I knew I kind of wanted to do coaching. So I was like, I could do this something special and it'll, it'll leave my legacy at Rutgers forever, allow me to maybe go back there and, and continue the legacy in a coaching way. Um, but with that, with that, um, when I first went to college, it was just a go, go, go. It's time to outwork all these schools that said they had all this history and they would have made me a national champ or Olympic champ. So it was time to put the work in when I got to school. And uh, I put the work in as hard as I can, as hard as I could work, like in practice. Uh, but I was getting beat up, beat up. Like you probably know, man, you were a college wrestler. Like that transition is not easy. And I don't know if it was strength, if it was knowledge or if it was confidence, but I was just getting super discouraged because I said no to all these top, top schools and I'm at Rutgers and I'm losing in the room to almost everybody. Um, and I was just like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, is it because I came to Rutgers? It, like, it, I don't know. It was just so many thoughts and it, I just was shutting it down with hard work. Like when, when practice was over, I go to the dining hall, go to my dorm, then I'd go back to the wrestling room maybe at eight o'clock alone and do some cardio apparatus and stance in motion and I was just constantly like 
uh, getting let down in practice from my results and my, my, uh, I guess how I was wrestling in live or whatever it may be. And, um, it was translating into matches. I lost to guys. I never even heard of their name in, in open tournaments, my red shirt year. And not that they weren't good wrestlers, but like these were guys that probably were the same class as me graduating. And like maybe I would have made your decision them in senior in high school, but now they're beating me in an open tournament in my first year of college. So um, part, I think part of it was all the pressure that I was thinking on myself. Like I need to make Rutgers great. And like, I wasn't able to just let go of the ego when I was in practice and learn, like it was always just holding it up real tight. Like I need to prove this to all the workout partners in the room. Like, and it was just a lot of anxiety feeling like I had to prove everything to everybody instead of doing what I always loved doing and being passionate about what I love to do, which is wrestling. So um, I think it, it goes hand in hand with the answer I gave about uh, just learning through my college experience. It was just really developing who I am as a person through that college, those first couple of years. And I don't think I would have been a national champ. It wasn't for some of those struggles, like, like, I didn't win a tournament until February, February, my freshman year and my retro year. But um, once I won that tournament, it was the National Collegiate Open. My, my, uh, I guess my college career kind of took off from there. I went to universities, uh, which is a big tournament. It's kind of like the U23 tournament now. And I, I beat Jason Sertzis, who was NCAA champ the year before. And I beat like three other All-Americans in the bracket. So like after I finally like got over my ego a little bit and – um, made some of those humbling experience, learning experience instead of disappointments. Like, I, I think I was just looking at all these things that were happening to me as a freshman when I first got to school as disappointments, losing in the room as a disappointment, maybe getting ridden out for 10 minutes in practice as a disappointment instead of being a learning experience. Like, how am I going to get better? Am I going to grab a coach and ask him what I was doing wrong and have him teach me what I was doing? Or am I just going to put my head down, go to the dining hall and then come back and run four miles because I'm mad at myself? Like, like you could do that and doing that hard work is great and, and pushing through is great, but there's times you need to learn and you need to get better and you need to grow in the sport. And I think I was doing a little bit too much of just like, like trying to do it all on my own and being disappointed in myself about not performing instead of just, just taking accountability. Hey, I'm not where I need to be yet. I'm not a national champion. I'm not, I'm only a freshman in college. No one gives a shit about what I did in high school. No one cares that I was a state champ. Everybody's a state champ at this level. And it was just learning those things and being humbled for sure. Get my butt whooped in practice helped and kind of just dropping the ego a little bit. It's cool to hear that you learned that. Cause so I, I was a state qualifier in high school, you know, different than a four time state champ, but I went to a division three school and I just got my ass beat every day for like the first two months. And so I went to college. I don't think I've said this on the podcast, but I went to college for five years because I quit the first year after like two months because I couldn't handle it. And I, th I guess I think a lot um, about like what I could have done differently to get through just like the ass beatings. And I think one thing is just kind of um, not trying to just like say every day like i'm gonna take everyone down you know just like work on really little right. things even like just like um getting up to your base more often you know just like right. breaking it down more so it's cool to hear that you went through Dude, that kind of it, stuff. It, it was the same exact thing and uh it was going from thinking i'm gonna score like yeah there at this point in my career i'm back i'm back to the point probably where i was at a senior in high school where 
I mean, not in practice. My practice, my practice mindset's different. I want to go learn. But when I'm in a match, like I'm expecting, I'm going to score 100 points to zero on this guy. But um, it, in practice, it took like the like you're saying those beatings a little bit, and uh, those experiences were like, okay, coach is going to teach me how to get off my my belly on bottom. Don't get pissed off at him. He's right. I got ridden out for 10 minutes. Like you almost start getting mad because he's like, you're like, why are you teaching me that? Like, what am I going to end up on my belly on bottom? Like there's different, different like things. And then uh, different things that maybe tick you off as a freshman in college, like while you're going through those struggles. But then now like you're our age looking back and you're like, I probably needed that. I probably needed those experiences to really realize like where the hell I was going. Yeah, for sure. But those are all the the more like deep questions I got for you. I just got a couple more quick ones. Um, first one is, what's the best Italian food out there besides pizza? <laughs> Yo, pizza is great. Pizza is great. I'm just saying, if you're gonna go to a a four or five star Italian restaurant, you're not gonna see pizza on the entree menu. That's not gonna be there. That's all I was saying. But uh, you'll see pizza. You'll see a pizza or a flatbread or uh on the on the appetizer maybe or on its own section but uh i'd say my favorite italian meal growing up as a kid was chicken frances and um as i got older i like uh bolognese sauce on my pasta a lot like rigatoni bolognese or pappardelle bolognese which is a type of noodle um <laughs> so wait, wait, wait explain what these are because i have no idea what these are. <laughs> okay okay well chicken frances you know what it is right i hope no idea Chicken Frances is like lemon chicken, like a okay. fancy way to say lemon chicken. Oh, um, okay. I think I've had that. And then, uh, all right. So bolognese is like a meat, is fancy way of saying meat sauce, meat sauce, pasta okay. with meat sauce. Uh, Pappardelle bolognese. The pappardelle is a thin noodle, thin, long noodle. Um, and it's uh, like, it's pretty heavy. So it, it like, it collects the meat sauce nice and well, the bolognese sauce and um, it's not like a twirl kind of pasta. You can twirl it like spaghetti, but you could also just kind of like fork it and stab it and pick it up as well. So if I like after this podcast, if I ask my girlfriend, she'll make some boya days. She'll know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. First of all, I don't think she'll be able to make it right if she doesn't know what she's doing. And if know. you tell her that, I don't think she's going to get it right. You got to say it's the bolognese. <laughs> bullionese all right i'm i'm done my grandma would be pissed at me usually usually with the with uh with your papadrelli bullionese you throw the regatta cheese right on top like a little ball just boom straight up little spoonful right on top i'll give you you got a lot of street cred for the way you pronounce all this shit so i I respect that (laughs) i i just went extra on it because i had to make my mom (laughs) proud her last name's cassio she's straight italian Okay, good stuff. Um, all right, top three dudes you'd want to wrestle right now? I really do want to wrestle Tyler Berger just because I think it would be fun. I think we both have very similar mindsets and we work very hard. Both uh, both come up from like very similar youth like histories, just being dominant in our states and kind of being like icons in our state a little bit and going off to college and having a lot of success. And we both kind of know what it's going to take to promote event an event right now during this COVID time. And especially with each other, we have a lot of that momentum going already. And uh, I think people would want to see the match. It's also really cool because like he said, with the McKenna match, it's like, it's a match that's never going to happen at the trials probably. I mean, maybe in the future, if I go up to 70 kilograms again, but I'm walking around right now, like waking up in the morning, 150, 151. And 
at night I'm even okay. only 53, 53, 54. Like I'm not even getting above 155 right now, which is like not hard for me to do. Like if I wanted to, I really like I could, but like I want to be the 65 kilogram Olympic champion and I adjusted my body accordingly. Like I'm not trying to like bump up just to have an all-star match, but like if he wants to wrestle at 155, like I'll suck it up a little bit. And we can do the thing. But other than him, I want to wrestle. I guess if I had to limit it to two more, like I, I want to wrestle all the top 65 kilogram guys in America and prove that I could beat them and prove that like I'm also the guy. Like, like, um, I'll go off in a tangent, but let me lay in these two guys first. I'd say Jordan Oliver because uh, he's very well established, even though he's not the guy and he's never been like the number one guy in Team USA. He's just he's got a great legacy. Um, internationally and in the in our America, um, and he's a great technician, man. Like watching him wrestle compared to some of the other guys at 65 kilograms, like you just know he's special. And like beating someone like that and getting to compete against him would be awesome. Um, I think it would be special. And also, I just like I have a little like edge. I, I feel like when when it's like me when I hear I get to wrestle him, it's like it's like something to really get up for and train really extra hard and live extra clean and like do all these things extra right. Because like, it's exciting. You want to go perform. It's almost like, um, like the UFC athletes probably feel because one, they're getting paid a lot of money and the nerves and the excitement going into it, but also just like the hype of getting to compete against another world-class athlete. I'd say him. And then, I mean, I want to beat Zane Rutherford really bad. I don't know. What is it? I think it's cause like the last time he wrestled, the last two times you wrestled, he beat me. We will return to your scheduled programming shortly, or we are currently experiencing technical difficulties. All right, so for those of you guys listening, um, yesterday we were recording everything you heard up until now, and uh, I got a message on my computer saying that my computer storage was full. So we are back today. I just deleted half the shit on my computer, and we're good to go. So we're going to continue where we left off. Have you had that computer since high school? Um, I got this like right when I went to school, uh, right when I went to college. So I've had it for like five years now. So mine, man, it's it's gonna be that's gonna be doing the same thing soon. Do you have a Mac? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they're really nice, but they don't have that much storage, which kind of sucks. But right. Anyways. Yeah. Um. You got anything else? No, bro. How's your day been, bro? Dude, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Yeah, I've been good. looking forward to this, so, you know. Good. How about too, you? Man. It's been good. It's been good. I've been doing just different things for uh, the Mappa Media page right now, just organizing it and getting set up and picking how many days a week we want to post different things or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, just trying to get a schedule because I'm going to start wrestling soon. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, like, perfect. I know I'm going to shut down and not want to do – what I'm doing now because I have a lot of free time right now. So I'm just trying to organize it now and spending most of my time doing that. Yeah. I try and like listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff about like how to grow a podcast and media and that kind of stuff. And even today, like I was listening to one there, like the biggest thing is like, don't try and do so much that you can't be consistent with it. Like consistency matters more than how often you're posting. So I like that. Definitely. But all right, to transition it back to the questions, the first one I got for you is who would you rather have to room with for an entire year of college? Caden Gefeller or Dylan Danis? 
Dylan Dennis. Yeah, like, Dylan Dennis, because, uh, man, I don't really have any beef with him. And he, like, he's reached out to <laughs> me and my buddy, Scott Lavecchio, actually. Like, we were probably, like, sophomores in college. And he, de- he like, met – he uh, it was either, like, a comment on mine or Scott's or both of ours. He was, like, very young in his MMA career. He's like, yo, like, whenever you guys got extra time want to wrestle, like, let's let's meet up. And, like, we'd go back and forth in DMs a couple times, and then it just never happened. But uh, it's – it's not we never uh had any beef it's all it's always been all love we've been out at the jersey shore a couple times i've seen him at a couple clubs out there so i'd rather i don't think i think it'd be fun with dennis we'd have a good time (laughs) at first as like you know big wrestling wrestling fan i was just like who is this guy like i hate this guy but then like this last year especially um honestly kind of since like all the pat downey stuff went down you kind of realize like Sure, you can work hard and try and just be the best at your sport and be Jordan Burroughs and be perfect, but, like, if Jordan Burroughs was talking shit, he would still sell more um, matches or, you know, he'd grow his brand more probably. So that was really eye-opening, I think. Dylan Danis does a great job at that. Yeah, he does. And, I mean, he stays relevant, man. He doesn't fight often, and he's still relevant. And, yeah, like, who knows if he's really making that money, but when he shows it, it's like, damn, like, maybe he's still doing well. Nice-ass apartment, really – beautiful girlfriend or girlfriends like you don't know but he's just he's like living like damn brazilian it looks like yeah yep instagram not always real though you never know but yeah anyways. i say that all the time yeah but uh all right best food in jersey best food in jersey my favorite italian i think italian all food in jersey is good like i'm going to a steakhouse friday night with some friends and just in my town, I live in like a pretty like downtown kind of place where there's like uh, a little downtown which main street, front street kind of thing. Like almost like it would be like a college downtown, but within that downtown there's a town ta- there's really good Italian, there's really good sushi, there's really good steak, there's really good Chinese restaurant that's like fancy Thai. It's like it's a mix of all cuisines, but for me my favorite's Italian, that's what I grew up around. So I'd say Italian food's the best in Jersey. All right. Uh, next question is, describe Nick Seriano in three words. Tough, strong, champion. Good stuff. Um, next one, this is the entire question, just what is it about Jersey people? What is it about Jersey people? It is uh, that... I guess we just have a certain swagger to us, like Jersey tough kind of thing, or uh, I don't know. We just, people say we don't take shit very well. So like, um, or we just give it back and people don't uh, reciprocate it the way that we reciprocate it. Like what could be joking around for a Jersey person might be crossing the line for some other people. And uh, <laughs> um, I think we have a certain way we talk and come across and um, whether it's dialect or your your accent but or whatever people say it is but there's just something about someone from jersey new york like i think it takes not like really less than five minutes for people to be like oh that dude's from jersey you're like that dude's from new york like it's pretty obvious yeah because like so growing up in wisconsin i didn't really know like what the jersey like culture whatever you want to call is but like now ever since like you and nick won nationals and a little bit before that like it's been kind of creeping into the wrestling world there's tons of good wrestlers that like i'm now realizing are from jersey and you know have that vibe to them but 
Yeah. Interesting to yeah, see. Come those on, guys. bro. Jersey's been Jersey's been legendary. <laughs> your Wisconsin, your Wisconsin, like college, is that your Division One team that you root for? Yeah, UW Madison. So, like, when you were growing up, like, were you a fan of Donnie Pritzloff? Yeah, yeah. Jersey, He's from Jersey. Yeah. Man. All right, fair enough. Jersey Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I saw that little hammer you got in that other video. That's interesting. Yeah, I was but, in the uh, Rutgers offices for that one. I was. I, I should have took that. I want that thing. <laughs> um, all right. Which non-Rutgers, Princeton, current NCAA wrestler do you have the most respect for right now? Non-Rutgers, Princeton? Uh, I'm... Uh, that's a tough question. I'd say, like, maybe Ryan Deacon. Okay. Did you guys wrestle a lot or? Uh, no, but I've been to Northwest. Like I'm very close friends with Sebastian Rivera. So even when he was at Northwestern, before he came to Rutgers, I would go out there for five, seven days at a time. I went, I think two or three times while he was there, just training with him, Cody Brewer, Deacon. Um, but man, like that dude is, that dude's strong. I never really like felt someone who overpowers me too often or like can just grab me and do what they want. I'm, I usually like even if a guy's bigger than me, I can hold my own. Um, but like, man, like it was like he wasn't doing anything special, and he was still just able to do it. Like he, it was just that kind of strength. Um, it reminded me a lot of Donnie Pritzloff. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Like he looks super jacked, but a lot of times, like there, it's the guys that don't even look totally jacked that are like really strong in wrestling terms. And that's that's crazy that he's both because he's also got great yeah. technique. So. Yeah. 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 And he works really hard and lives the right lifestyle. And he's, uh, he's doing all the right things and putting himself around all the right people. You see him training with Gaethje like a month ago, two months ago before school. Like he's just doing everything he could be to get better. You know, uh, you got to respect those kind of kids. And like, if I have to wrestle him down the line, like I'm going to gear up for someone like him, you just, you gear up a little bit harder when you know it's like someone like that. Yeah. Um, by the way, I was listening to an interview with John Jones, I think it was from a while ago, and he was saying that, like, before every big fight, he, like, had a ritual, not a ritual, but, like, something he thought he had to do, and that was, like, get blackout drunk, like, within the week before the fight. I just yeah. want to know, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I think it's funny that he, like, just publicly says that, because, like, you know, there's times in college where I wasn't an angel, and even in the Division One season... Um, there was times like you have hiccups and you make mistakes. And there was times I went out and, you know, looking back for me, like I wasn't the champ those years and I lost big moments those times. So like, as much as John Jones could say that, like me saying that, like it brings embarrassment because I know I blew, I blew it. Maybe I lost to Dean, Dean High on the semifinals because of like a moment that I screwed up in that kind of area or, uh, or other matches like, you know, there was always times when I didn't, when I didn't get the outcomes I wanted, that I could go back and find a lot of areas that I wasn't doing, maybe hard, drilling hard enough or whatever. Maybe it was wrestling related, but I could always find things like I and like I don't know. John Jones would go. He went on those fights. He would win, and he was the champion of the world. And he would then he'd party, he'd fight, he'd win, and he's the champion of the world. So. Um, I think that's like false confidence when that happens. He just maybe never learned and he just 
that's why he's in the, in the cycle that he's in probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I, in the interview, he said something like he, maybe he was like, maybe I subconsciously did that. So I'd have an excuse if I did end up losing the fight or something. Yeah. I've heard that interview a couple of times, bro. It's yeah. like, yeah. Um, you know, it's something as an athlete, I'm sure you could relate to Like you always have those moments where your brain like flicks to being like, well, like, I don't know if I should do this as hard as I possibly can because of whatever a Y X, Y, and Z. Um, whether it's like stadiums or whether it's a live go at the end of practice, like you always have even the best guys that push the hardest and are the hardest guys in the room or hardest guys in the country. They still have those set thoughts. It's like maybe they just respond a lot faster and shut those thoughts down or change them up or whatever it may be. Like, I think some of us just mentally could get over those moments and some maybe struggle in those moments. Yeah. Good stuff. Just, Thought that would be interesting to bring up. Did you? Um, He's good. I love John Jones. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember, like want to stand for what he like what he does. Some of his actions, and, but as an athlete, like he's a great athlete. I love watching him. When he's fighting, I'm almost like rooting for him. I'm like, dude, this guy's like just does what he wants, and he still wins. Like best athlete in the world, kind of thing. Yeah. What What do you think about a match with Adesanya and Jones? Like you think that'd be I think, competitive? Yeah, you see, I saw Jones chirping at him today or yesterday or whenever the fight after the fight. Um, but just, I think Jones is another level. But you never know, man. Adesanya is looking really good. He's getting better each fight. Just Jones, I feel like might be a very similar fighter, just like twenty five pounds bigger. Like that's a big jump. So yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think they should try to do more fights like that. As as a fan, that's like like not a diehard but i watch a lot like i want to see fights like that like let's make that happen you know and he kind of went through the whole division now adesanya like whitaker's number one contender i think he's already fought him like three fights ago um costas too so it's like who's he gonna fight can't can deer and he might lose to whitaker yeah yeah that would be fun to watch for sure but uh my last question for you is, what do you got to say to Tyler Berger? I say, let's get a match, bro. Let's get on. Let's get on one of these promotions and get get ourselves uh, get ourselves some good competition. I'd like to wrestle in a cage, man. That'd be cool. It's almost like I just had that split thought, though. Like you're saying, like, ah, if I wrestle in a cage, I lose. It's, it's like a little excuse, but um, nah, like that'd be cool to wrestle in the cage and have that opportunity. I want to try to like implement some maybe different skills by using the cage than maybe you couldn't use in folk style or freestyle. Like as I got later in my career, even in college, like sometimes you just want to um, spice it up a little bit, like make it fun and practice even like you're trying different things or um, making little games in your head to push yourself harder. And I think switching game, like switching the game up a little bit with wrestling, like uh, maybe it's like first to a lock in practice or first to, touch the guy's foot, things like that. Like wrestling in a cage is almost like, it's like another sport in a way. It's like, it could be a whole nother game plan. Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, if you guys ever want to both come on the podcast, I'd love to moderate a nice friendly debate yeah. with you guys. So just hit yeah. me up. All if right. we actually get a match, that's a good idea. We should do it if we get this match. Good stuff. Well, do you have any last words for the people? No, nah, man, just, uh, Follow me on uh, social media platforms. Follow Nobbin Media and check out our Rockfin page that we just launched. And just trying to 
be my, the best version of me, you know, win an Olympic title and world titles on the way uh, and give back to the wrestling community that helped shape me. That's all I got for you guys. Shout out to Anthony for taking the time to do this interview. I think he was very candid and I liked what he had to say. Also, unfortunately, there's no fan of the week this week. I woke up very sad hoping there was a YouTube comment or an Apple podcast review and I didn't see any. So if you guys want to be the fan of the week and get a shout out on the podcast, leave a review or a comment on a YouTube video or you can buy a shirt at tdpclothing.com. There's five different colors and that's T as in takedown, D as in double egg, and P as in person (laughs) clothing.com. Go check out a shirt. They're some of the very best shirts made by some of the finest people. And they come in some of the very best colors. But that's all I got for you. And have a great rest of your week. See ya.